0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: This is the Conversation Hour
0: on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria.
1: Have you noticed teenagers working at your local cafe, restaurant or retail shop? We have a huge worker shortage, we all know that. But it turns out 15, 16 and 17-year-olds are stepping up and taking on after-school jobs. It means that cafes and retail can open when previously they've had to shut or were understaffed. But it's not just after-school jobs that teens are taking on. Some schools are finding that a growing number of their students are dropping out permanently to take up full-time work and apprenticeships. So with more and more young people entering the workforce, how are they being treated and how are they being paid? This year we've seen five businesses in Victoria face charges of breaching child employment laws. So if you, if you're 15, 16 or 17... Who knows, you could be listening to the ABC. It's been known to happen before. Or maybe your child is currently working, taking on their first job. What's the experience been like for them? Or are you employing young people in your cafe or shop? How helpful have they been? And how hard has it been to navigate the rules?
0: On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria.
1: This is the Conversation Hour. Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host today. Matilda Morozzi, ABC feature reporter. And Matilda, you're someone that's done an incredible amount of investigative reporting into underpayment in hospitality, which actually led help be build the case to criminalizing wage theft in Victoria. So, good morning.
2: Good morning, Rochelle.
1: Now, Matilda, we never thought we'd say this, but teenagers are actually helping us at the moment. They're filling those workplace gaps, those work shortages that we currently have. But today's program has been inspired by an email that we received, and a little part of that email says that my 17-year-old is only being paid $10 an hour at a newly opened restaurant. He's got several other jobs, so he's aware that $10 does not meet the minimum wage for his age. He's raised it with his manager, but it's yet to be addressed. That's just the first part of the email, but
2: in all of the work and reporting that you've done is that common commonplace? I think it is, Rochelle. Particularly in hospitality, a lot of the people I was speaking to were younger workers. It was their first job out of school or their first job while they're in university, and there's a huge power imbalance there between someone who's a small business owner who might have been working in that industry for 30, 40, 50 years. It might be a family business who. Appears really knowledgeable about what's meant to happen in that space, and someone who might be 15, still in high school, and is really wanting this opportunity. So, if you say, Oh, actually, with $10 cash in hand, you know, this is the employer might say, This is benefiting you, this is in your interest. And I think you're easily convinced when you haven't had a job before, you don't know your rights, and some of these. some of these agreements are really hard to understand, Rochelle. Some lawyers are having trouble understanding them. So what chance do you have if you're you 15, 16, still in high school?
1: And we'll go through some of that in a moment because that email does go on to say that even the mum tried to navigate some of these websites to find out what is right, what you're entitled to, and she found it really, really confusing. Do you think there has been a shift, though, and a lot of this has come through the, the work that you've done and the focus that goes on to workplaces... That quite often is hospitality and retail because generally that's where young people are getting their first jobs. Has there been a shift away from, look, let's just get a young person in because we know that we can kind of exploit them or that we can pay them as little as possible to realising now that, Ah, you can't do that and you shouldn't do that. But there's also a big reliance on young workers at the moment, purely because we don't have the workforce.
2: Absolutely. yeah. It was in uh, the middle of last year, July 2021, that new laws came into effect criminalising wage theft, which means it's now a crime to deliberately underplay impo- employees or dishonestly withhold wages. And people can face up to 10 years jail for this. So that's sending a really strong message that if you're intentionally underpaying workers, you can go to jail. There's big personal consequences for you. It's not just a fine that you can, you know, absolve into your business plan. But the other thing is, I think now with the worker shortage, Rochelle, if you're being underpaid, you can find another job. You don't need to hang around. Whereas previously, when it was hard to get a job if you were a young worker, you just accepted... Um, maybe sub conditions, terrible conditions, because where else are you going to go? That's right.
1: And I wonder, and we'll speak to a principal in Bendigo in just a moment, I wonder if that's a part of the reason too, why we're seeing 17-year-olds now leave school permanently, because there are relatively good and stable work opportunities for people to move into. This text from Chris that says, let's also include in this conversation how they're being trained, supervised and supported. I've seen some shocking service lately, and I can't blame them when they have not no professional supervisors. That's from Chris. Zaya is in year 11. She's at Achuka. She's a student at St. Joseph's College. Good morning, Zaya. You have an after-school job. You work at your local bakery. Yes. What's that experience like that been like for you? Um,
3: it's It's been good. I just learned to gain life skills that will be beneficial for me in the future and become an independent person and I do also enjoy having my own money to spend
2: Zaya I wonder initially what inspired you to go out and look for a job on top of your schooling
3: Um, just to gain life skills I think that it's beneficial for me in the future to go for other jobs when I am an adult and to when I go to uni to have those life skills as a young person went in
1: a workforce. When you went for the job Zaya did you know what you were entitled to? Did you know what you should be being paid per hour if you were entitled to superannuation? Did you know or have the confidence to ask all of those things? No no, I didn't.
2: So how have you kind of navigated that Zaya? Have you spoken to maybe your parents about it or, or do you have an idea about if you are being treated correctly at this workplace?
3: Um I think I am being treated pretty fairly, but I'm not sure I have the greatest understanding of the wage that I'm meant to be paid or anything.
1: I think that's pretty common, Zaya. I think the average person doesn't really know that. How are customers treating you? Um,
3: You get those ones every now and then that aren't the nicest people, but yeah, you just have to put up with it, I guess. And do you think that's
1: because they're being
2: ageist because you're young?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah. I think so. And I wonder, Zaya, would you consider leaving school early to work full time? You know, you finish out year 11 now, but you still got one year left of high school.
3: Um, I think for me that I would like to go on to uni just as that's something that I would like to do.
1: Zaya thanks so much and we wish you all the best next year as well as you head into year 12 next year so thank thanks so much you. for your time and how I know you're in Echuca as well how how is everything we're going to be focusing on Echuca on Thursday how are your friends and your family and how's the main street how's the high street looking
3: yeah it's good now it's, it's been different over the past month or so like with school as well not being able to go to school for a couple of weeks it's been, it's been a weird experience
1: well we wish you all the best Zaya thank you Thank you. See you later. Bye. It's interesting, Matilda, at my local suburban restaurant, which we go to at least once a fortnight, if not once a week, depending on how lazy we're feeling. And we've been going there for years and we absolutely love it. Like so many other suburban restaurants, they've got a a worker shortage. They just couldn't find people to wait the table so the chef would be bringing out your food or we'd be like don't worry about it we'll just come up to the kitchen and grab it you know <laughs> you just do whatever you have to do yeah they have a handful of young workers that they've been working with them and i've steadily seen them get better and better and they're gorgeous right there's 16 uh, far more um mature than i would have been at that age but i've witnessed customers treating them poorly, you know, asking them to do things, being sort of rude with them. And I just think it's time not just for the workers to step up, but for us as customers, as the general public, to do the right thing as well.
2: Yeah, it goes back to that text that Chris sent from Castlemaine about, you know, if they haven't been trained properly, if they're still learning, we need to give people a bit of slack because ripping into them, (laughs) it's not going to help. It's not going to help. Absolutely.
1: Fiona's cult is in Lexton. Hi, Fiona. Hey, how's it going? Good. What did you want to say?
4: Um, look, my son's 19 and he has been um, doing some hospital jobs since he um, left school um, just to kind of try out the world. And he definitely got ripped off by his, well, now former employer. Um, and it was really only because, I guess, um, I've been a union member and I got him onto the award system that he knew what he should have been paid um, and they tried it on for ages. And, oh, you're a trainee. He didn't have a traineeship. He was just working there sort of um, part-time. And it was really only when um, he found another job. He was actually poached by another restaurant manager who used to come in and was like, you seem pretty awesome. If you want another job, come and see me, which he did. Um, And it was only when the Young Workers Centre got involved and got a lawyer um, that they actually ended up back paying him properly. Wow. And it really took quite a lot for him. Like he told them repeatedly, had meetings with them and was like, you're underpaying me, this is what I should be being paid. And they just... Kind of in the end, denied all knowledge of it, and it really, it really was only when they got involved that he, um, he got the pay that he needed, and he went to a new employer, um, got paid more there,
2: um, and Fiona and they begged him to stay. And Fiona, I know it's sometimes difficult when it is so, you know, hard to advocate to be paid correctly with young workers. Often they're not working many hours, and when you add up the total they're owed. It's not necessarily a lot of money. It might be hundreds of dollars or, or thousands of dollars. And if it's taking you so many hours of work to get that pay properly, a lot of workers give up and don't get back paid. And then that's what's allowed this to continue for so long because ultimately some businesses have decided, oh, it's worth trying to, to pay mm-hmm. people less than the road because more often than not, we get away with it.
4: Absolutely, um, and I think that's why he dug his he dug his heels in. But he, I guess, because of the current labour market, had the option to move somewhere else. And the stupid thing is, these people are now desperate for staff and begging yeah. him to come back. And he was like. I would have done it for the the actual minimum wage, but now somebody else is offering me $25 an hour. So, you know, more for you.
1: And I think that's the thing. There is a glass half full situation here. I know my girlfriend, her daughter is 15, has got her first job. She's getting paid correctly. She's getting paid um, public holiday rate. She's getting paid superannuation. And what's interesting Matilda is that the two of us actually laughed about it in like oh my god I can't believe she's earning that much you know to work on a Saturday afternoon you know we'd get that age we'd get paid eight bucks an hour cash in hand or whatever it may be there's this long history of an expectation of underpaying or treating young workers poorly and almost an acceptance by all of us that's that's just how it is and that's changing i think
2: yeah i I think it is and and it's part of what fiona said it's that competition now for workers that if you want people to hang around you need to pay them the award rates and hopefully um young people are also learning what their rights are at work and to ask for them as well paul's in brunswick morning paul
5: good morning. I'm ringing out to speak about my daughter's employment. She works for a McDonald's store. She gets paid $11 an hour. She's 16 years old. I really believe that they're exploiting these kids for what they're paying them. I think it's quite wrong, actually.
1: And is she on, Um, like, a trainee wage, or is there any sort of loopholes there at all, Paul?
5: It takes them a day to learn how to do the job, so... It's, it's a bit of a rort, really, that they put them on a so-called trainee wage. Should, now, they've compared their pay slips with each other in this store, and some are getting paid 16 an hour, some are getting paid 15 an hour, some are $11 an hour, uh, and they, just, they, they, they don't have the confidence to go to their employer and say, we're not getting paid properly, because they're only 16 years old.
1: Yeah, that's Any, a big part yeah. that comes into it. We're actually going to be speaking to the wage inspectorate commissioner in just a moment. So we'll put some of those, you know, $11 an hour doesn't seem right to me. And <laughs> I haven't done, you know, a lot of research into what the
2: hourly rate is. Well, it's interesting, Rochelle, because it reminded me of my first job was at a fast food franchise. And when I went for the job, you know, I was 14, nine months because I thought that's when you can start working. I went there and they said, oh, and we can sign you up to do a CERT 3. In hospitality, and I'm like, sure, great, why not? And they're like, it'll be good, you get this training, help you get more jobs when you finish school. But turns out the reason they were doing that is because they could pay me less if I was doing this training. But I didn't realize that until years afterwards because wow. otherwise I wouldn't have agreed. I didn't need the set three in hospitality, never used it in my life. <laughs> but it potentially could be something like that. It's something to be aware of, often, young workers will be told part of the thing, oh, this is great, this great opportunity training and not realising that their pay is going to be cut by a third or something like that. This text, my
1: 17-year-old son recently left his casual job at a fast food outlet and moved to a small chain in retail. Lots of training involved. He earns $28 an hour now, same as everyone else in the store. Another, my daughter is 13, works Saturday and Sunday, earns $18 an hour. Wow. That would just seem like millions at that age. The feedback from the employers is that she works incredibly hard. Her age means that she can work three three hours maximum per shift, but she pays for her phone and her clothes, etc., herself. That's from John. I am so impressed by that. But this is interesting. This is from Mark. And it says, hi, my kids are 14, already part-time working. One is keen to start an apprenticeship as soon as possible. Calling it dropping out isn't great in this situation. You can always return to study, especially boys who tend to mature later and rarely stay in the same employment. Mark, I agree totally. I actually think I used the word leaving school early, which that is the case. They are leaving school early. But we already had a conversation off-air, Matilda, around the fact that is that necessarily a bad thing? If someone's going in into a stable job uh, and into an industry and a a career and a job that they're going to be in for a short time, for a long time, that necessarily isn't a bad thing. Dale Pearce is the Bendigo Senior Secondary College Principal. And, Dale, you're seeing a higher number than usual of of students leaving for permanent work. That's not necessarily a bad thing, is it?
0: No, not necessarily. Um, And uh, I think... In the current environment, I think that's been driven by a skill shortage and, and people just having uh, difficulty finding workers and, and apprentices and, and and so on. So um, as, as long as it, it's a sustainable pathway forward, um, then I, I think that's a perfectly good outcome uh, for, for a young person leaving school um, earlier than the completion of Year 12.
2: And Dale, at your school, have you noticed more students have been leaving before they've got their VCE certificate?
0: Oh, certainly, certainly, that's the case over the last twelve to eighteen months. Um, uh, if you look at the environment here in Bendigo, we were uh, our youth unemployment rate was was relatively high, and uh, what's happened now, of course, is that there are that many opportunities it's it's fallen dramatically, so um, there are lots of opportunities for young people, and we've got a lot more kids leaving school earlier than we usually would have had.
1: And Dale, as a principal, what sort of control do you have over whether or not they can or or can't leave school? Do you actually have any power there?
0: Uh, Well, 17 is a marker. And so uh, a a student leaving prior to the age of 17 is, um, well, well, that's not possible, um, other than those who sometimes fall through the cracks. uh, And they're the ones that we're particularly concerned about. We, We know... All the evidence tells us that um, the longer you stay in education and training, the better your life outcomes are going to be, the better your career prospects are, etc. All of those types of things. And so, um, that age of school leaving is gone. I can remember when it was fifteen; it went to sixteen; it's now mm. seventeen. And um, you know, the, the students who leave prior to the age of seventeen are often those that we've that schools have had great difficulty engaging. So whether it's their uh, lack of confidence in school, their lack of um, uh, their, their own um, sense of self-esteem, whether it's family dynamics, whatever it is, um, some of those kids sometimes struggle to, re- to return, remain connected to school. But we go through the education department, takes us through a whole process to track and monitor those students uh, and, and to stay in touch with them and try and re-engage them in schooling. And, Dale, I wonder if a student...
2: Uh doesn't complete high school to go to a job, and then that job doesn't work out, Mm. what happens with these students? Are they able to come back and complete uh, year 12 if they want to, or or do they just kind of get lost if they have left for work and then the job ends for some reason?
0: Yeah, I I think, well, they can certainly return to schooling. Um, The difficulty uh, in the the state system is that there's an age at at which um, students are not funded, so, uh, we, can, we can have students up here up uh, in school up until about the age of 19, but if, if we go and enrol someone um, at 20 years of age, for example, we won't get funding for that enrolment. And, and the, the TAFE sector is there, and, and often within the TAFE sector, there are VCE or VCE alternative or alternative type of year 12 programs, and that's the most common destination, I think, for, for people returning. I did notice a comment in um, uh, in the media the other day uh, from uh, Jim Waddeston uh, indicating a concern which I completely agree with, and that is that once once kids leave school, if they re engage and connect back into TAFE or ultimately perhaps into university, we don't have a really good means of tracking the destination of those kids and their pattern and their movement in and out of education across not just those years, uh, but later in life. We know a lot of people return as mature-age students. We don't have a really strong picture in Australia mm. of what that pattern through education looks like.
1: Dale, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure. Good on Dale Pearce there, the Bendigo Senior Secondary College Principal. Let's have a chat with Christine. Christine's in Geelong. Good morning. Hello. What did you want to say? Uh,
6: my daughter, she's a uni student, she's 20. She works at a local... Um, food outlet in the local food uh, shopping centre and sometimes when she gets home she just some people are so rude to them they're short staffed. they've got really young you know workers and people are just not sympathetic you know to these poor kids that are trying to do their best.
2: Christine does it make you want to encourage your daughter to to stop working or how have you tried to deal with it in your family?
6: Um, I think it's good for them to work and to deal with the general public. And a lot of people are just really nice, so that balances it out. But, yeah, I just I just can't believe how rude people can be. And
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same, Christine. I, mean, I had to yeah. almost stop myself from going up to a table of people <laughs> the other week and saying, are you fed Income? Like, seriously, yep. I'm sure you couldn't do the work that this 16-year-old kid is doing and you're just being outrageously exactly. rude.
6: Yeah, they do their best and it's just really disappointing to hear what people do to young kids and the staff in the background are working, they don't get a break and yeah, it's just disappointing
1: that people aren't sympathetic. And the alternative at the moment is that a lot of these cafes and restaurants wouldn't be open, you know, how many times have you seen, I'm sorry, we can't open for breakfast or we, you know, are shutting on Sundays or whatever it may be purely because we can't find the staff.
2: So that's... They're actually helping. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're really helping us. Um, Gary's called from Mernda. Hi, Gary.
5: Uh, hi, Rochelle. This is Gary here again. Look, a long-time listener, first-time caller, but uh, I really appreciate the work that you guys do over there at ABC. Oh, well, Thanks, Gary. To you guys. <laughs> and uh, just quickly, look, uh, I came as an international student around 15, almost 17 years now. And uh I came at a time when there was a lot of workers available, but there wasn't enough work around and there was a lot of exploitation back then. And listening to your conversation with a lot of parents calling this morning, and I'm thinking nothing has changed uh almost 15 years on. And uh, yeah, it's really disappointing that uh people still want to exploit uh, mm-hmm. young and vulnerable people. Look, uh, I want to add in, like, listening to all those parents, it's really wonderful. But I just wanted to add in that we have get a lot of international students who are themselves. Some of them are 17 or 18. Like, they don't have anyone to turn to, no family, no nothing over here. They are really naive. And uh, it's just... Really easy for anyone to rip them off, and they just don't have a say in all that. And uh, I've got a daughter myself; she's twelve, and uh, in a few years' time, hopefully, she'll start working, and I'll do anything it takes so that she gets paid properly. So,
1: and Gary, you raise such a good point. I mean, international students—when we talk about people building exploitation, so to speak, into their business model, international students have. been a part of that exploitation for a really long time and COVID was something that shone such a big light onto how we treat our international students and just now international workers and visa holders but also to Matilda how much we rely on them and teens are sort of filling those gaps at the moment aren't they?
2: Yeah exactly and I think international workers some of the visa restrictions that they have can help make it easier to exploit them. There's only a certain number of hours students can work a week. I think it's 20 hours a week. And some visas link you to one employer. So you're relying on that employer to stay in Australia. And that makes it difficult if you're not being treated properly. It's really hard to leave, Rochelle.
1: This says, thanks so much for this conversation. I didn't realise my 16 year old who has just started work at a fast food establishment on a training wage, I hope she'll be paid more as it seems really low. That's from Deb in Port Melbourne. So are you or your child, have they taken on their first job and what's the experience been like for them, the good and the bad? And are you finding that you're employing more more? more young people and teenagers in your cafe or shop. How helpful are they? And do you know the rules? Plenty of texts coming in. Unfortunately, Matilda, not too many positive ones yet. Still people saying, yep, I'm a young person. I was or am being underpaid and parents finding it really, really hard to
2: navigate information around what is right and what is correct. And someone who looks into this And these kind of complaints for their job is Robert Hortle. He's the commissioner at the Wage Inspectorate Victoria. Robert thanks so much for joining us this morning.
7: Good morning thanks for having me.
2: Robert could you tell me a bit about uh, the Wage Inspectorate of Victoria. It's a relatively new body. What do you do?
7: So the Wage Inspectorate Victoria uh, was set up around about 18 months ago and we have responsibility in Victoria for a few different things. We Uh, regulate Victoria's wage theft laws, long service leave laws and laws around um, child employment specifically for children under 15 which is obviously directly relevant to the conversation today.
1: A lot of today's conversation has started because we received an email from a parent whose 17 year old son's only being paid $10 an hour at a restaurant. And even when she went to try and figure out what the correct wage was, and I'll quote from her it says here, in the meantime, I've encouraged him to check what the minimum wages are online. He and I cannot find this information. The Fair Ombudsman website takes us around in circles, the state business website in Melbourne is clearer, but ultimately directs you back to the previous website. To ensure that young people are educated and able to advocate for their rights, this needs to be addressed and the information needs to be better available. Is it too confusing, Robert?
7: Well, in Victoria, uh, we have responsibility for children under fifteen, and the and the conditions and responsibilities for employing those children who who are below fifteen. Certainly, um, that person is is correct in that the Fair Work Ombudsman is the right place to go for for conditions, uh, terms and conditions of employment. Um, but for us, our work revolves around making sure that the work that's being done is is safe and things like the correct hours of work and supervision are, are properly considered and we do that through a permit process in Victoria.
2: Now Robert, I always thought that uh, you could get a job when you're 14 and nine months. Is that correct?
7: 14 and nine months is, is one of the most prevailing myths I've come <sighs> across in, in child employment uh, in, in, in all my time in, in and around really? industrial relations. It's, it's so certainly that's not, not true. Um, no, so fourteen and nine months um, many decades ago was the age at, with, uh, at which um, children were uh, permitted to leave school and obviously that has has since changed. Most of those children perhaps back you know decades ago then went into employment that's where it comes from um, now the um, threshold generally for for working in victoria is is fifteen years old, but you can work if you're under fifteen with a permit and indeed you can work as early as um, eleven doing some types of, of deliveries and, and 13 in some type of uh, retail and hospitality jobs. So long as um, there is a permit that has been issued to do that work, um, what the permits do yeah. is they uh, they allow us to consider whether the work is um, appropriate. So things like safety, hours of work, rest break, supervisions. You know, kids, kids are not the same as adults. They're not the same as adults in the workplace. They don't have as much stamina they're not as strong they're not always aware to the risks sometimes they disconnect common sense from their from, from their decision making altogether um, <laughs> hey that's so adults it, as well <laughs> well it is some adults certainly that i know um, but but it, it it does it does mean that we have to properly assess every permit that comes in and make sure that that work is, is safe and appropriate because work generally is is great for kids We want to make sure that kids have have that great experience in the workplace, that they can earn some money and they get to go home safely at the end of their shift and and tell everyone at home what a great time they've had.
2: So, Robert, if I'm a a small business, say a bakery, and I want to employ a 14 year old, what's the process that I need to go through?
7: So, the first thing to do would be to jump on our um, website and you can find it just by Googling Wage Inspectorate and apply for a permit. Now, that process is, is free, simple and quick. And we would ask some questions about the type of work. So in a bakery, for instance, it's a really good example. What would the child be doing? Would they just be um, serving customers or would they be, for instance, at the back? Would they be around machinery, dough makers, bread slices, ovens, things like that, that you might not think on the face of it when you think of a, you know, a kid in a bakery Um, you know working you don't necessarily your mind doesn't necessarily go to those types of risks Um, we think about those things so that um, the kids are are safe and the work's appropriate they're some of the things and and we might ask for information about that from the employer as well
1: and what about working with children check so anyone else that's working wherever it may be bakery restaurant would everyone need a working with children check if you've got children working there
7: Yeah, any any child under 15 can start work, but they must be supervised by someone who holds a a valid working with children clearance. Um, Really important, that is an extra layer of of safeguard that exists to make sure that not just the work is appropriate, but the type of supervision they're receiving is appropriate also.
2: And has child employment laws been a focus of the wage inspectorate this year, Robert? Because I've noticed at least five Victorian businesses are facing charges for alleged breaches of child employment laws this year.
7: Certainly. Um, we take matters to court where we see the most egregious types of conduct. So we have, um, we have just this year taken um, action against businesses in, in all different types of industries, retail, entertainment. Um, hospitality it, it has been a focus of ours, but it is only the most serious cases that end up in court i mean we 've had employers come to us um, looking to have um, children work on forklifts we 've had employers come to us asking to um, you know if it 's okay to rub methanol near a, near a uh, menthol excuse me near a child 's face to, to make them cry during a scene that 's been filmed. you know those are the types of things that are that are really serious, and we take them really seriously and we put matters into court unapologetically, where we find that type of conduct.
1: Just finally, there's a text here that says, why don't you do talks like this in schools so that young people know what their rights are and just have that information at hand? Is that is this information easy enough for young people to access and parents and carers as well?
7: Yeah, but young, young people are great at finding information. Um, they, they know all of the rabbit holes to ferret down to try and find the different things that they need to. But if they're looking for this type of information can just Google wage inspectorate and it will all be on our website. Um, but we certainly are out there. We, we have um, a, an education and engagement team who are out there talking to groups of students at different levels of their education and also talking to employer groups out there as well about the laws, how they apply and what they can expect uh, from us as well. I mean, the, the other point I would, I would make is generally uh, for a child under 15, their priority is school. And I, and I heard and I heard Dale um, earlier talking about that. Their priority is school, so there is also some safeguards around um, schools being aware of the type of employment that takes place and making sure that that employment doesn't impede on, on their um, number one priority, which is their education.
2: Robert Hordle, thanks so much for joining the Conversation Hour this morning.
7: Thanks so much for having me.
2: Robert Hordle is the Wage Inspector at Victoria Commissioner. And, Rochelle, I think it's really interesting to hear that mm-hmm. there's so many misconceptions about what is and isn't allowed when it comes to kids the working. Age.
1: Yeah. How many employers right now have just gone,
2: yep? Yeah. Oh <laughs>
1: better be getting on that website and applying for a permit and I wonder how many people actually apply for the permit as well and know that that's a process that you need to go through this text Rochelle and Matilda why aren't you not speaking to someone from the young workers centre at Victorian Trades Hall the role of the unions helping these kids well we will be a little later Josephine's in Bendigo hi Josephine oh hi Rochelle how are
6: you
1: good what did you want to say
6: I was. I had um, text through to say one of the things, we have um, several older children, but one of them when they were um, in those kind of teen years doing hospitality work, one of the things that we started to notice was the trial. So hospitality um, venues would um, get, get young people, say so they'd have a trial to see whether they'd be suitable for a job. In the particular instance of our daughter, she was put on a long weekend and never paid for it and never heard from the restaurant afterwards. And it was apparently
2: a common practice in order to get um, some of that free labour over peak, peak periods. Josephine, the trial shift is quite common You understand kind of where it's coming from, but I think it's, you know, how it's done. If you're there for, you know, one or two hours to kind of learn the ropes, maybe, but if you're there for an entire day on a long weekend, it does seem like it's pushing it a bit. And definitely someone Mm -hmm. should be compensated for working a whole day at a restaurant on a long weekend, you'd think.
6: Absolutely. Well, this was across three days, actually.
2: So, wow, three day trial shift.
6: oh, they've gone
1: longer, you know, and there's nothing like getting your first pay slip and being like, hang on a second, and then like, oh, Yeah. yeah, no, I'm sorry, that was a trial wage. And the last thing you want to as a parent is your child losing interest in work and some of the benefits that work and what we learn from work that that brings to you as well. Josephine, thank
8: you.
2: Teresa's called from the Mornington Peninsula. What was your experience with one of your kids, Teresa?
8: Ten-year-old daughter has a job at a local bulk food store, uh, health food store, uh, that she works on at the weekends. She was asked to do a trial when she applied for the job, and she got paid for the trial. She gets paid eighteen an hour, eighteen dollars an hour, and treated very well. Uh, So we're really happy for her, and uh, they even sometimes leave her in charge for small periods of time so that she builds up her confidence. And she's learning a lot and it's really good for her, um, both, you know, earning some money and just yeah. uh, learning how to deal with the public. And also, just as an aside, I work in a large uh, uh retail, uh, hardware store and I see a desperate need every day for good young tradespeople coming up through the ranks. So male and female and so many areas, there's shortages of skilled tradespeople and, um, we need to encourage our young people if they are good with their hands or good have good skills to go and do
1: trades. Teresa, thank you, and it's wonderful to hear that you know your your daughter's having a good experience as well. And I do think that shift is happening, Matilda. It's slow, but anecdotally, as I said earlier, my girlfriend's daughter's having that same experience, and she went and sat down with the boss. Right? She was like, okay. Who are you? What do I, what do I need to know about you? If my daughter is going to be within your establishment, I need to know that you're above board and that everything was okay. And it's just working so well. And I wonder whether slowly but surely. That is happening more and more.
2: It'd be nice to be seeing that, and interesting also to hear that Teresa wanted more young people at her workplace to work alongside her. Um, Josh Cullinan's the secretary at the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, and Josh, I know that retail and fast food—they're two areas where you'd see a lot of young workers. How are you doing,
9: Josh? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
2: I wonder, Josh, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges facing young people who are looking to get into the workforce in some of the industries that you look after?
9: Well, the two industries are a little bit different. Fast food is massively um, uh, about young workers, um, largely because of junior rates. So workers in fast food make up something like 80% of them are under 21 years of age. Whereas in retail, the workforce has a lot of young workers, but there are also a lot of older workers. Uh, the, the main issues that young workers face uh, when um, commencing employment are really around those things of finding out how an employer recruits, where they have to go online to to join up or to at least be considered. Um, and uh, the different forms and practices that the employers will use that they have to go through, the policies, manuals, inductions, those sorts of things are very common issues and, and questions that workers have when they're first starting their first job.
1: What I'm finding interesting, just gauging by the, the text line here, is that some of the bigger, more well-known fast food chains in particular are potentially underpaying people or paying people a very low rate. And you would think, given that they're very well-known and that it would be easy to access what their standards are, that they would follow the rules you would think, in a greater fashion as opposed to a little mum and dad restaurant where maybe someone's getting paid cash in hand or whatever it may be. Does that surprise you? Uh,
9: well, it doesn't surprise us compared to some of the very large-scale retailers. Very many of the fast food outlets, whether they're small or large, are very often there is a direct connection between the owner of the outlet. So even the largest that controls half of fast food in Australia and a well-known international brand, that that is the vast majority of its stores are run by uh, businesses where if they can make a buck, um, it goes in their pocket. So things like doing uh, work, like cleaning work or training work or um, missing out on rest breaks and other things, they're all very common experiences um, in fast food. And so unfortunately, um, they have been getting away with it for a very long time.
2: Josh, I wonder, what are some red flags that young workers should look out for?
9: Uh, Well, the the first one is really when starting work. I know there was just a quick chat about trial periods. But the reality is is that there's a difference between a trial where you show what you can do in in a half hour or an hour so that the employer can be confident in employing you and any work after that, on-the-job training or any kind of work that goes beyond just showing what you can do um, to actually doing work, that all needs to be paid. If a worker's not being paid for that, or their initial shifts, if they're not getting pay slips, um, there's they don't necessarily have to have a contract of employment um, written down, but it's a red flag if they don't. So things like a letter of offer, a contract of employment, a pay slip, these are all things that every young worker should be getting, and every parent can ask and, and inquire about with their kid about whether they're getting those things. They're red flags for us when they're not getting them.
8: We've
1: had multiple parents texting in saying that my daughter or my son doesn't drink while they're working or doesn't eat while they're working because they just don't get the breaks or they don't get long enough breaks or there's a huge period of time in between breaks So if they drink and they need to go to the loo, they just don't drink so that they don't have any kind of pain or whatever it may be. I mean, how do you regulate and against something like that and ensuring that appropriate breaks are given?
9: Uh, you know, for... The rest of us, we would think that that's just abhorrent. But in fact, I've turned my mind back. The first few years I worked in service stations, I didn't know I could close the service station and close the door and then go to the toilet. It's just not something that's talked about. It's not encouraged. and In some places, it's actively discouraged. We have members in their, in their 50s, uh, women who work in fashion retailers and shopping centres who can't close the door and they wear incontinence pads. So this is a huge issue right across all of retail and fast food. We prosecuted a major franchisee in 2020 over this very issue because workers were being denied, but kids were being coerced, um, and we won that right to go to the toilet. It's really important (laughs) that parents and teachers... I know it was a a landmark case, the right to to pee and poo on company time, Um, but um, it it is important that parents, um, colleagues, and schools and everyone else have that conversation because workers can go and go to the toilet if they need to. They, can have, they have a fundamental right to water. Um, and these are the sorts of things, though, that we deal with every day. Um, so it is important that those conversations, you know, the parents and uh, guardians and others are just asking about it. And, and if it's not occurring, to encourage them to put it in writing, to, to send the SMS, to send the email. Um, can I confirm that I can have to- go to the toilet whenever I need to? Can I confirm I can have water whenever I need to? And once it's in writing, it's a lot harder for an employer to avoid.
2: Josh Cullinan is with the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union. Josh, you mentioned earlier that there are junior rates that are allowed at fast food organisations. Teenagers can be legally paid less than adults. Do you think that's problematic?
9: We see it as massively problematic. Um, It Costs young workers $3.5 billion a year. It's an archaic hangover from the 80s and 90s where it was thought to impact on youth unemployment. All the international research shows that's that's not the case now. And a a young mum who's just turned 21 has foregone over $50,000 in wages. We know the fast food companies and some retailers, but one fast food company in particular um, saves $600, $700 million a year and, and it's not just that the loss of wages, what what parents will find, any parent of a major fast food company kid, um, what they'll find is that every birthday, their shifts get cut. And it's just a woeful experience for a young worker who's 15, and they're turning 16, and they're enjoying their work to suddenly get less shifts. And when they're 17, less again, and when they're 18, yeah. fat.
1: And um, when you look at the job, right, so let's say I worked in as a 48-year-old 40, a woman, I walk into a fast food chain and I want a job and the job is exactly the same as my 15-year-old niece. I'm not going to get the job, am I? It's going to go to a young person, but the job is exactly the same. The work is That's exactly right. the same. So the, the And when was the last time you saw someone over the age of 25 in some of these major fast food
2: chains i've got an interesting sms here from lou and she said in her experience with her daughter working at a fast food restaurant for three years one of the major challenges she had is that kids are managing kids a lot of the time yeah. and also equipment is not always working and the kids have to wear the wrath of the customers it's a definite baptism of fire that goes to that point if you do have junior rates you do have teenagers managing other teenagers in these really high pressure high stress environments where often you're timed how long each your t- how long each customer gets take to serve.
1: Josh, it's fascinating. If people want more information, if they're listening to this and they're seeing some of the red flags and worried, where should they go to for information?
9: Well, I think, uh, as Rob pointed out, the the Fair Work Ombudsman has a plethora of information. Um, So they can go to that website, the Fair Work Ombudsman website. Um, Workers should be joining their union and getting information from their union about what their rights are, and they can do that at rafferoo.org.au. And also workers need to talk with someone they trust. And so if these things are all a little bit too much or they don't quite understand it, they can start that conversation with their teacher or with their parent or with someone else that might have a bit of know-how about these things. And that might send them on the trajectory of getting the information they need.
1: And conversations like this honestly help as well. So Josh, thanks for your time.
9: Thank you for having me.
1: Josh Collin in there, Secretary of Retail and Fast Food Workers Union. Before we speak to the director at the Young Workers Centre, this text from a 65 year old says, Name withheld. Hey guys, I think and I hope things are a little better now than they were. Back in the 70s, I was young working in a petrol station. I'd often work 14 hour shifts. And my relief that came in after me was always stoned and arrived late. I didn't get overtime. I didn't get meal breaks. The manager didn't like being woken at 1am. That's name withheld from a 64-year-old.
2: And Colleen's called from Aries Inlet. What's been your experience with young workers, Colleen? Oh, hi. Uh, Yeah, I've got a 14-year-old
6: son and he um, started work at a local cafe here. And basically it's a real uh, young person's market down the coast because there's just not enough affordable housing. So he's had a really good experience. The owner of the cafe has put a lot of effort into training him and supporting him and being flexible around sport and other things. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, and they've put him on one of those child work permits, um, which I think is, you know, it's really clear when you find the paperwork around their obligations. Um, and he's also, you know, having just learning a lot of life skills through that. And it exterior. sounds like they're
1: all, they're doing all the right things. And as you said, Matilda, it is an employee's market at the moment. Cafes in particular, are, everyone's desperate for workers. So if you get a young worker, train them and treat them well and, and pay them properly and hold on to them.
2: And if Colleen's son started work at 14 and they're being flexible around his school and sporting commitments, he could stay till he finishes school at 18 and they'll have a quite experienced staff member by the time he's been working for four years. Felicity Sauerbutz is the director at Young Workers Centre.
1: Felicity are things getting better? I mean at the moment it sort of feels like 80-20 if we're using our texts and callers around whether or not young workers are still being exploited
10: Hi there and yeah, wage theft is definitely still a real problem in our society. It's It's Systemic problem, and um, obviously, so hearing so many stories this morning of young workers in particular being underpaid at work. Um, up to half of Victorian workers have had their hard-earned wages stolen before they turn 30, and that's unacceptable and wage theft remains the number one issue that young workers reach out to us about at the Young Workers Centre and this year alone 72% of the young workers who have reached out to us have been inquiring about wage theft and here in Victoria we are um, really fortunate to have wage theft laws now and that's something that young workers campaigned really hard for and that does mean that wage theft is now a criminal offence and and that'll, that is proven to be a real deterrent for bosses um, to con- who, um, who, who, you know, uh, previously mm. underpaid their workers. This will take some time um, to have an impact, but we strongly believe the wage-death laws um, will hopefully start to turn this around. I mean, that so many young workers don't start their working lives being underpaid and exploited.
2: Felicity, I wonder, in the experience of the Young Workers Centre, are uh, some industries worse than others?
10: Yeah, so like I said, seventy-two percent of uh, callers to the Young Workers Centre this year have inquired about wage theft, and um, the number one industry has been um, hospitality, and um, trades has been the number two industry, and um, then retail, clerical and professional work, and then manufacturing. So it is a real range of industries. Um, we also get a lot of young workers reaching out to us from franchises, um, and a lot of migrant workers as well are particularly vulnerable. Are you
1: fielding more and more calls from people of late, Felicity?
10: And our hotline is always uh, pretty busy and um, I guess we go out to schools as well and talk to young workers about their workplace rights at schools and um, which encourages young workers to reach out and, and get assistance when something isn't right in their workplace and ultimately empowers them to reach out for mm-hmm. that support and assistance too. Um, so the more people we talk to, obviously the more issues that come um, to our attention, um, but you know, over time and, you know, we're resolving more and more of them. We've um, recovered um, over $2 million in compensation for workers under 30 in Victoria and um, since the Young Workers was set up, Centre was set up in 2016.
2: And Felicity, if
10: I have a young
2: person at home and I'm concerned that they aren't being paid properly or their conditions are not being met, what advice mm. would you give to people to try and fix that?
10: Yeah, sure. So I guess the first place to go to um, check if you're experiencing wage theft would be the Fair Work Ombudsman Calculator. There's a and Conditions Calculator on that, that website, which is actually a pretty simple tool that helps you calculate what you should be getting paid. The other place you can reach out to is your union or an organisation like the Young Workers Centre to find out what rates of pay you should be getting, but also get the support to speak to your employer with a support person to resolve the issue. I'd also really recommend that um, young workers are making sure, um, or, you know, workers in general are making sure that they're getting documentation and yeah. records, whether it's payslips, contracts, emails, texts, even about pay, are all really helpful to resolving these issues um, down the track. Yeah, um, good advice. And we can also... Yeah, and they can also report to the Wage Inspector at Victoria. I know you had um, Rob on before, Um, so there's a few different avenues, but ultimately it's about young workers getting the support um, to talk to their employer and a really good way of doing that is often talking to your co-workers as well. If one person is being underpaid in the workplace, it's, um, it's likely that a lot of other workers are being underpaid and if they stick together, they've got more power as well when talking to the employer together to resolve the issue.
1: Felicity, thanks so much for your time. Felicity Sauerbutz, they're the director of the Young Workers Centre and a text here, Matilda, from Robin, which says, I've found my teenagers, that they're vulnerable in the workplace. It's often only through discussion at home what reasonable expectations of management and their employee rights are and hopefully you can protect them by giving them a little confidence to stand up for themselves. I guess it's one of the learning curves of joining the workforce. That's from Robin. So whether it be within schools, within homes, speaking to your colleagues as well, but just being able to get that information and navigate that information. And as we said, it's an employee's market at the moment.
2: Yeah, a lot of positives for young people looking to get their first job at the moment. And if they can be aware of what their rights are, Rochelle, hopefully it's the best experience possible for them.
1: Matilda Morozzi, as always, thank you so much. I'll be back with you tomorrow until tomorrow. Take care and I'll speak with you soon.